ko Superman to ko ingawa, ko te korero o te kura tūturu. I'm Superman and you're listening to Real Gold. This month I'm chatting with James about a new acquisition on display in the Real Gold case. It's the 1887-88 Burgess Roll for Central Auckland. James, really glad to have this time with you today to talk about this month's Real Gold case and um, it looks really interesting. There's a series of, of books that you're going to tell us a little bit about. So um, first of all, maybe you could just introduce yourself because this is your first time as a podcast star. I'm James Armstrong. I'm currently team leader for Corporate Archives in Auckland Council and have worked for Auckland Council since it formed in 2010, but prior to that worked for a couple of years for Auckland City Council as predecessor. It's fantastic. So for listeners, the um, Auckland Council archives is the archives that some of you might find by going downstairs under the Central City Library and be familiar with that. But now um, we're very happy because James and his team have become part of uh, the broader library whānau and um, part of the Heritage Collection. So um, it's really great to have you on board and for you to tell us a little bit about this this, um, Real Gold case today. So that's our monthly offer here in the reading room, which people can come and see. Perhaps we can start with you describing to me what it is that we're looking at. So it's a printed, annotated Burgess roll for the City of Auckland covering the year 1887 to 1888, which we think is unique. Burgesses were um, people who, inhabitants or residents of the city of Auckland, who had full municipal rights. In other words, they were able to vote in local elections. Um, They were also able to stand as candidates, either as mayor or as councillor. Yeah, I was interested to read that in your blog, because when I first saw this document called the Burgess Roll, I thought it was named after somebody called Burgess. I didn't realise it was a description for a sort of a type of citizen, effectively. It's from a French... I looked up in the Oxford English Dictionary. It's from a French word which has been used in England for the better part of 700 years, Um, and Burgess Roll itself is at least 500 years old as a term in English which I thought was quite interesting. It covers an area of Auckland, which was the old Auckland city area um, after amalgamations in 1882. So that area is almost exclusively in the Waitamataan Gulf Ward of Auckland Council. There's a tiny bit that's that's now in the Oraki Ward, but most of it really is the central part of Auckland. So that includes Grafton, Karangahape, um, Ponsonby, those sort of areas. And it is of an early time period, this one that we're looking at? It's not the earliest. We have some. We have one from 1872. Um, the the point of its value is that, as far as we're aware, it's a unique copy. When before it was purchased, we did some research. We couldn't find a copy in Wellington. We also couldn't find a copy anywhere in the main research libraries in Auckland. That's the University, mm-hmm. Auckland Libraries itself, and Auckland War Memorial Museum, mm-hmm. which all all have quite good collections. Mm-hmm. And it's annotated, it's got a list of changes to the role, all of which would have been put before full council and agreed and then annotated on the role mm. between, I think it's yeah, May 1887 and April 1888. So the display case, in fact, um, has, currently has the page open with that list of annotations, there's 32 in, in all. Mm. And it's a, um, it's a handwritten document 
obviously. No, it's printed. Oh, it is printed. The Burgess okay. roll itself is printed. We Unfortunately, I couldn't find out how many copies were printed. But the roll itself is printed, put before council for agreement at a meeting, a, special, a meeting specially held to agree the Burgess roll. The amendments are changes made after it was printed. Ah, so that's between May 1887 and April 1888. Uh, I see. So this handwritten script at the front is just the... That's the preceding page, yes, produced either by the town clerk or by one of, one of the town clerk's staff. Right. So what kind of information, as a research document for either family or social political historians, what um, kind well, of information does it provide? Um, I think I've said in my blog article, it's in alphabetical order by surname, divided into the six wards that Auckland City was then divided into. So you get a number on the roll, name of the person, usefully their occupation, brief description and situation of property. Annoyingly, there aren't street numbers in Auckland at this point. Um, so the address might simply be Queen Street. You don't know whether it's down near Britomart or up the top near Kay Road. Um, a number of each property on the council valuation rolls, which are held downstairs in council archives, and the yeah, the rateable value, mm. and that's partly because you got votes depending on how valuable your property was. If your property was only worth fifty pounds, you had one vote. If you had one or more properties up to a value of three hundred and fifty pounds, you got five votes. Quite extraordinary. I don't think people will generally know that about part of our civic history in this country that we had sort of you could effectively buy votes it's a straightforward import from the united kingdom the idea being that people that weren't paying local taxes shouldn't get to make decisions about what went on in their locality and it yes it it rests very uneasily on contemporaries to discover that and i was surprised when i looked through it and checked i checked names in um Russell Stone's book, um, which I've mentioned, Makers of Fortune, a Colonial Business Community in its Fall, published in 73, mm. and found that many of the people in that book actually owned property in three, even four wards, and that they all, some of them racked up 14, 15 votes based on that. Um, the role itself has 5,600 or so Burgesses, although some of that you could have more than one Burgess number, so it's actually fewer people than mm. that. But you can imagine it's it's um, not large numbers. And so, looking at this particular role, what did you? What were some of the discoveries that you found? Of that was pro that was probably the most interesting discovery. Is it? I mean, I'd seen other Burgess roles, but it did never occurred to me to look for a particular prominent person and see whether you were limited to five votes or whether you could actually get more. And it's quite clear. Um, mm -hmm. The people I mentioned are people like the butchers, Rich, William and Richard Hellaby. I counted they had 14 votes, property in four ward, four separate wards. Um, Josiah Firth, flower miller and politician, he had almost as many because, again, he was listed in four wards, so that came as a surprise to me. Um, some of the... I was saying to... Some of the occupations, too, quite surprised me. I, I looked for non-names that didn't seem archetypally British, and I found a few Chinese names but there was one person listed as Chinese gardener as if being Chinese was part of your occupation. <laughs> that seems, again, quite strange to us. Mm. The provenance or, or the, you know, the journey of these roles uh, into, into archives and, and the way in which they have been collected, is there anything of interest that we well, know about that? This example, I mean, it's clearly marked on the binding mayor's office, so at some point... It was with the mayor. Now, this would have been before the town hall was built in 1911, so we know that the mayor would have been based in a building on Kitch um, 
Wellesley Street, which is now where the Auckland Art Gallery is, but at that time would have had civic admin offices, office for elected representatives. It would also have had the museum and the art gallery and the, and the municipal library. So my suggestion is possibly somebody decided it wasn't worth moving the Burgess Roll when the town hall opened in 1911. Perhaps somebody decided to rescue it. Perhaps somebody asked if they could take it home and was given permission. It's a very much a working day-to-day -day document. It's not, a it's not a prestigious display object. Mm. It's got a very simple work workable binding. It's got names printed in columns with no illustrations. It's... It's not something I think that was intended to be treasured for all time. Yeah, it's not sort of a, a, a work of, of beauty. It's no, it's not no. Like some of our <laughs> and, and it was art books. And, or, and it wasn't intended to no. be. It was intended to support democracy. It was intended to make sure that people who were eligible to vote could vote. Mm. Um, and it was intended to be annotated. Mm. You know, they printed it, they agreed it, but they knew that people would move in and out of, of the wards. Um, that, Burgesses would be added and subtracted, and, and we know that's exactly what happened. And so, for researchers, like which kind of researchers would find the most value from it? I think definitely family historians would be the most obvious, but I also think people interested in the political and social history of Auckland would find this quite interesting. Um, it's one of a series, so it's always nice as an archivist or as a librarian to fill a gap in an existing series of something. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to know exactly how many copies were printed and how many Burgess rolls there were, but I don't, I don't think anyone's done research to confirm how many we ought to have, mm. as opposed to how many we actually have. <laughs> so, if people were interested in in looking at it but can't necessarily come into the library, how might they do that? It's been digitised by one of the teams within the libraries and I think the plan is to put make it available on the Auckland Library's website. Um, I've certainly seen very high quality images produced from within the library, mm. so they are already available, but I don't think they've yet been added to the library website. But in the future they might be able to look at Kura Heritage Collections online and find it there. <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely certain that they will and it may well happen sooner rather than later, that's but that's a different team to Corporate Archives. Yeah. And if people are interested who are coming to this um, content through the podcast, you can find in the link below uh, a link to James's blog post, which has been published on Heritage et al. So we recommend you go and have a read for some more details and references there. So thanks, James, Thank for today. It's been fascinating to talk with you, and I hope that we get to talk again soon. Thank you.